to the Going Deeper podcast with Shane Dwyer. Chance to break open things that lie at the heart of the Catholic faith. Each month, Shane will be in discussion with a different guest who is seeking to live out their Catholic faith today. Thank you for joining us. Welcome to our weekly podcast series on different aspects of living the Catholic Christian faith today. My name's Shane Dwyer and I'm your host throughout the series. And each month I'm joined by a different guest who will bring their thoughts and experience to our discussion. So this week we are once again joined by Melissa Ledwich. Mel is part of the parish leadership team at Evangelization Brisbane. As always, we'll be discussing a little about our favourite passages of scripture as they help us understand this faith that is so central to our lives. The topic we have in mind today is God the Burglar. That's going to take a little bit of explaining. We're going to get into that in a minute, Mel. Lovely to see you again. Great to see you too, Shane. <laughs> Thanks for coming along. The, uh, and look, you know, we were chatting just before uh, we started recording this session, and, um, and I was reminded of the fact that a year or two ago, you completed your Master's in Theology. Mm. Goodness me, just, just a minute or two, you know, tell us about that. Well, what was your favourite topic, for example, or you know, yeah. what did you get up to? So, my Master's in Theology, I actually finished it probably uh, in 2016, mm. I think, so it was a couple of years ago, um, and I guess I was focused in on um, what they call pastoral theology or practical theology, which is really kind of more of a theological reflection, praxis-based theology. Um, So we did lots of um, study in terms of um, kind of Vatican II documents, but also um, missiology and and leadership in that space. But really the heart of it was um, this practical theology and what does it look like to actually help um, people, I guess, um, go through a process of, of noticing God, working in their lives, connecting it with, with scripture or, or the tradition, and then, you know, how do we then grow and continue to um, develop in that space? So I had a friend, um, a mentor actually encouraged me to study theology. So it wasn't kind of immediately obvious that that's what I would do, um, but then it was the best thing I could have done at the time, and I just tackled it one unit at a time while working full-time. And... Um, yeah, it was it was a great opportunity to um, to invest in, in I guess my my own um, I don't know maybe desire to know more about what our church teaches in this space. So yeah. it was good. Oh, that's excellent. Thank you. And mm-hmm. uh, and I could tell from our conversation last week, and uh, and I'm sure the same will be true this week. Uh, the way in which you bring to bear on the discussion, I suppose, elements of that practical theology. Mm. Yeah. I, I often think, you know, that um, if our theology actually doesn't impact on our lives, mm. uh, then what's it for? Yeah. You know, and uh, and in different ways, you know, we're sort of both involved in that. Mm. Um, my sort of area is what's known as spiritual theology, mm-hmm. which is how the realities of our faith impact on this relationship that we have with God and how God calls us forward. Mm. And uh, and and you take that one step further, and okay, well, how how do we how does this impact on ministry mm. and, uh, and the way that we are in the church and the way that we are in the world? Yes, yeah, mm. I wouldn't say I take it a step further, but we we were on different different paths, but all good <laughs> <laughs> and all worthwhile. So, yeah. mm. so anyway, let's do that. So mm. look. Um, uh, in preparation for this, I sent you through a, a passage of scripture, and it was the Matthew 24, mm-hmm. uh, 37 to 44, although we've got a, a shortened version of it, I think, here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Mel, just to get us uh, to get, get us going, can you read that passage of scripture out for us? Yeah, absolutely. But as for that day and hour, nobody knows it. Neither the angels of heaven nor the Son, no one but the Father alone. You may be quite sure of this, that if the householder had known at what time of the night the burglar would come, he would have stayed awake and would not have allowed anyone to break through the wall of his house. Therefore, you too must stand ready because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Okay, and uh, obviously, you know, I'm familiar enough with this passage of scripture. It's uh, because I sent it through to you, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. and uh, and there's a reason that I did. I I think that it, it picks up on uh, an element of our faith uh, that's very important. Mm. Um, in fact, you sort of referenced it as you were talking a little bit about the studies that you had done. Um, in a sense, how do we pay attention to what it is that God is doing, mm. you know, and how do we respond to that and, and what it is God is calling us to? Um, the thing, though, in the back of my mind, before I sort of hand it over to you and your thoughts about it, the thing in the back of my mind um, with it is um, is the twofold nature of, of what it is that Jesus is talking about here. You've got the... Um, uh, I suppose that, you know what we refer to as the eschatological, the, the, you know, the end of time type of things, the, the second coming of Jesus, mm. um, and uh, and our faith. Uh, one of the central components of our faith is the understanding that the time that we're in at the moment is not eternal. That mm. is to say, the moment will come where it comes to an end, mm. um, and in terms of God's plan and what have you, and and uh, and we see that um, as expressed in the second coming of Jesus, mm. um, where um, the dispensation, if you like, the reality, uh, another way of putting it, that we currently exist in comes to a conclusion mm. um, we speculate about what that will look like mm. you know and uh, and what have you but there's that real sense in which God has a plan the time that we're in is not unlimited mm. yeah and uh, and what does that mean for us as, as human beings and the human race and all those sorts of things but that, so that's the f- uh, the first level and Jesus says stay awake you do not know the day or the hour uh, that that is going to occur. And in fact, only the Father knows, which I think is um, a very interesting mm. thing for him to say. Yeah, you know, it is, isn't it? It is, you know, in terms yeah. of the Trinity, yep. Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, there's something that the Father knows that the Son and the Holy Spirit don't. Yeah, that's fascinating. It is. What an yeah. interesting thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I... Partly jokingly, I'm just going to have a little anecdote here. I, years ago, I was um, at home and... Uh, and I can't remember now whether these were Mormons or whether they were Seventh-day Adventists or whether they were Jehovah's Witnesses. But um, but a, a lovely young couple uh, of women sort of knocked on my door mm. uh, and they were talking about the fact that uh, the end of the world was going to be very soon. Mm. Um, and a little bit facetiously, I said to the one of the ladies, are you the father? Oh. <laughs> she said, what do you mean? <laughs> <laughs> she said, well, I said, Scripture says that only the Father knows when this is going to Sure, <laughs> yeah, yep. you know? but, um So you've got that second. But I think there's a, a more day-to-day mm. level of what Jesus is saying here. 
mm. uh, you know, and uh, and the day-to-day level is, um, in a sense, he, he he's constantly making himself present to us. Mm. And are we paying attention mm. uh, to what he's doing? So that was that was at the back of my mind with this. Mm. Um, but anyway, you you gave this some thought, and uh, and you noticed that, gosh. Um, Jesus is comparing himself to a burglar. Mm. Um, and it's a very interesting image that he's using here. And that's the title, I suppose, of our of our podcast today, God the Burglar. Mm. Um, what is it about that that you think is worth commenting on? Yeah, so God the Burglar, hey? Um, I don't know about you, but the idea of a burglar breaking into my house does not make me feel comfortable or safe <laughs> or um, anything that I would associate with um, who we know God to be. So I guess um, this idea of God the burglar is, um, or Jesus the burglar, um, struck me because I went, oh, I don't think I fully agree with what my brain is telling me that actually is. And one of the images that came to mind when I was sitting with this scripture was um, the image of Jesus knocking at the door. Um, there's, a, there's a famous painting of Jesus knocking at the door. Um, and it's meant to be the door of your heart. And the idea is that he has to knock because he, there's no door handle for him to turn. So it's always the person or it's always an inner, I guess, um, decision of each individual to open the door to Jesus to let him inside. And so this idea of Jesus being the, or God being the burglar is, um, is challenging because Here's my image of Jesus knocking at the door, waiting patiently, waiting to see if the door will be opened. And this other idea of, of a burglar who might, I guess, um, force themselves in. And what I recognised when I got to the end of that passage was that um, it was really about the Son of Man coming at a time you do not expect. And that was the aspect of the burglary that I think... Um, was being, trying to be captured um, in this scripture that a burglar will come at an unexpected time, a time when we don't know, when we're not prepared. Um, and so the challenge is how do you be prepared? How do you be ready for that time? And that in the, I guess, God the burglar image, it's about the unexpectedness of God and the unexpectedness of God's arrival. And I think that ties really nicely into what you were sharing about, I guess, even the day-to-day reality of um the fact that our time here will end and eternity will begin at some moment in the history of time (laughs) and so but we don't know when that is um and so to be ready and i guess prepared for the unexpected nature of god to come um to where we are is 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 what the heart of the scripture is Mm. look and and i think uh you know there, there are a few things there that um that you know you just said that are really helpful. I um, every now and then it, it happened around uh, the turn of the century. Mm. Um, uh, you know that sort of um, sort of awakened awareness of um, you know there are things going on in the world that are disturbing. And if you read, say, the Book of Revelation and what have you, mm. um, you'd look at that and you'd sort of say, "Oh, these are the signs." Mm. You know, um, ecological disaster and uh, and political upheaval and wars and all those sorts of things and famines and, and everything like that. And mm. and you can look at that and you can sort of say, "Oh, these are the signs mm. um, that um, the second coming is about to happen." And I remember mm. with some um, Christian people and some Christian groups that that was a that was a real debate at the 
time. Mm. Uh, and, you know, there's been 2,000 years, um, you know, since Jesus and that's, you know, and people were trying to put an interpretation on that. Mm. And occasionally in the work that I was doing, that would come up mm. for people. Um, you know, it was the whole Y2K thing. I don't even remember that, but there was this thought oh, that, yes. um, you know, that all the computers were going to crash and, and planes were going to fall out of the sky as a result and all that sort of stuff. Mm. So um, so that's been the, um, the clearest example of it, I suppose, in my own life and experience. Mm. But... Um, but I remember thinking at the time and, and perhaps sort of teaching about this when the question came up, and that's the interplay that you've got going on here. Mm. If we're, my thought is this, and tell me if you agree, uh, if we learn to pay attention in the day-to-day, mm. we don't have to be stressed about when the second coming is mm. because we're learning to pay attention in the day-to-day. Mm. And, uh, and if we're doing that, and if we're responding to the way that God is working in our lives mm. at the moment, we don't have to be worried if the, the second cup ha- happens to be in our lifetime or, or, or whether it's not. Yeah. Because God's already doing the work in us mm. to prepare us for that. Does mm. that make sense? Yeah, it does. I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. And I think um, another kind of thought that my brain was was kind of adding to that was um, if 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 it happened tomorrow or if it happened in 10 years would I live my life differently what what um, instead of kind of almost the fear approach that oh I have to kind of find a way to manage my my fear in the fact that a second coming might be imminent it's more that for me anyway the sense that um the grace and the giftedness of what God has to offer to you right now in this moment, tomorrow, or in 10 years' time, whenever you choose to accept that, um, means that um, he's, always, he's always trying to reach out. He's always trying to be in relationship with you. And that if, if it changes your approach to think of it happening tomorrow as opposed to 10 years' time or it won't happen in my lifetime so I don't need to worry about it. If that's kind of where you're at, I'd probably challenge you to think that um, there is an opportunity here in this moment now to actually enter into a taste of what is to come. And so why not say yes to it now, regardless of what happens tomorrow mm. or in 10 years? There's almost no uh, greater... Um, I'm going to use the word fruitfulness again, but there's, there's no greater fruit coming um, in, in 10 years if you wait for it. It's not like, you know, a bank account that's going to accumulate interest and if I tap in then, it'll, it'll give me, you know, more. It's more that actually right now in this very, very present real moment, God is offering you something that is... Um, that is a taste of, of what is what is to come and there's a taste of the eternal. So, yeah, for me that's kind of how my brain processes that is rather than fear that the opportunity here is so great and, and I would just want pe- to encourage people to explore that mm-hmm. and to say yes to that where they can. Mm. Look, I agree yeah. I, I, and I think it's an unhealthy preoccupation with the end of the world type stuff is, um, is not helpful. Mm. Um, for most of us, the reality is more to do with um, 
you don't know the day or the hour of your own death. Yeah, yes. Um, yep. And you just don't. And, so you know, true. when you're young, fit and healthy, you sort of think, oh, you know, God mm. willing, I could go for another, you know, 60 or 70 years or mm. whatever it is. Mm. But none of us knows. No. Nope. And, uh, and while we needn't um, be burdened by that either, mm. just that awareness that the present time is precious. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Now is the moment. You yep. know, now is the hour of salvation. The scripture says absolutely, and uh, and and to learn to just to keep saying yes to that, mm. uh, and then the hour of your death doesn't matter so much, yeah, because you've been allowing God in there, sowing those seeds that you were referring to, you know, last week. Yeah, uh, you're allowing God in there, uh, and the same with the second coming of Jesus. It's well, you know, I. I'd be very interested to be around when that happened. I think it'd be cool, you know, but at the same time, it's it's not a preoccupation of mine mm. because my role and your role and the role of the people who are listening to this is learning what it means to say yes to God mm. now. Mm. Mm. Yes, exactly. Exactly. You've captured it really well there. Mm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's the whole the whole central thing with this. I, I think too, I mean, this image of God the burglar, the thing that that struck me about it though um, and I know, you know, the scripture talks about Jesus as the burglar, but mm. we're, we're sort of um, recognizing Jesus as the second person, the you know, incarnate second person of the Trinity here. Mm. And so, um, you know, God the burglar, the God, the, the, the one who breaks in. And, uh, and where I went to in my head mm. is, the, is the difference between the guest and the burglar. Mm. And, um, and, and the difference is the guest is welcomed in. Uh, and uh, and it's almost as if Jesus gives us an option. Uh, mm. The moment will come for everybody mm. where God will break into their lives, mm. uh, whether that's at their death, whether it's at the mm. second coming. The moment will come where the reality of God and uh, and what it is that God is and what it is that God is doing is going to impact um, and. If it's welcome, mm. then it's welcomed as a guest. Mm. If it's unwelcome, it's a burglar. Mm. Uh, either way, he's going to get in there. Mm. Uh, and the reality of who God is is going to impact on all of us. And it seems to me we get to choose. Mm. Um, is God a guest mm. whom we whom we we embrace mm. and say, "Come on in," or do we resist God mm. and? Uh, and have to live with a future reality where God just breaks in whether we want to or not. Mm. Um, what a choice to make, though. Uh, but I think it's it's a powerful choice. I get to say to God, you are welcome. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And I think even, like I probably even still listening through you explore that, I still, mm. it still doesn't sit mm. particularly comfortably for me that, mm. you know, God would break in. Mm. Um, but if that is the case, then thank God. <laughs> That he will, if that is if that is if that is how this plays out um, in you know people's lives, that at some point God makes Himself uh, that clear to people to invite them into a relationship with Him, um, whether that's at the moment of death or whatever that looks like for somebody. Then thank God we get that last opportunity. If we've said no our entire lives. That, to me, speaks of a very generous and gracious God. Um, but I guess in the back of my head, this, this idea of, of 
breaking in, um, I'm also conscious of, of the scripture that's coming to mind is um, I will like um, I will know the names or I will know my sheep, but my sheep will know me. And there's this kind of familiarity mm. around people who um, have, I guess, accepted um, Christ as their saviour and, and mm. you know, can then enter into eternity um, with him, you know, that there is this sort of sense of... Um, I, I'm familiar with you, I know you. And so, again, in the breaking in, whatever mm. that looks like when God does that, mm. I could only imagine that happening in the context of um, I want to know you. Like mm. it's, not a, it's not a pressured situation, it's not a stressful situation, it's not, a, um, it's not anything to cause fear or anxiety um, or threat, but more just a sense of... Um, this is this is the moment where I take that step to go. Mm. This is real, <laughs> and and I want to invite you into that. So, mm. yeah. Oh, I think certainly the ideal and and, and the invitation is that we um, we intuit on a faith level the, the presence of God, uh, and we welcome God as guest. Mm. Uh, I think when I talked about you know the, the breaking in, um, I p- probably am thinking about the, the moment of death yeah, for right. somebody yep. who um, has resisted that the whole of their lives, yeah. uh, and uh, and suddenly they they encounter the reality of God. Mm. Um, now, what do they do with that? Yeah. Uh, and for some, uh, if they're if their internal spiritual predisposition is one of openness, mm. then then that will be welcome. Mm. But if they but if it's one of being closed mm. to that and resistant to that, we all get a choice. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Then uh, then that too is honoured, mm. uh, and that's what we mean by. So Jesus tells the parable of the the sheep and the goats. You know, mm. in the last judgment, mm. it's. Um, who has the who has the predisposition of openness and yes, mm. uh, and who doesn't? Mm. Uh, and in a certain sense, uh, the choice has been ours to make, mm. uh, and we often make it through the decisions that we've made and the things that we've done and mm. and what we refuse to let go of, and you know, mm. and all those sorts of things. But I think, look, in the meantime, because that sounds a little bit alarming, um, <laughs> the fact is, as we said before, now is the hour of salvation. Absolutely, you know, God yeah. all the time. Is as you know, you that beautiful image of knocking at the door. Mm. Uh, that's the way that God works with us at the moment. Mm. Um, paying attention to the fact that God is calling each of us. That God is patient. God's loving. God's merciful. Uh, but God's not an idiot. Yes. Uh, there comes a moment where the decisions that we make, whether we say yes or no, um, that gets respected. Yes, mm. and he lets that happen. Yep. Yeah, yep. yeah. Even, even like uh, sometimes I, you know, do think about what that experience would be like. You know, I, I, I can't imagine someone saying no yeah. to God, um, and and I imagine God's grief mm. in that moment when someone does, because that's the reality of 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 the gift of free will that He has given us is. Um, we get to choose. And so when all is revealed in all its fullness and we still choose no, I have no idea what that's like. Mm. And I, 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 could, I could almost 
sense God's grief that someone would reject it. Mm. Mm. Um, and yeah. I think that's a fair enough observation to make. You mm. know, the heartbreak of God. Yeah. Uh, where, you know, the only reason a human being exists is because God loves has loved that human being into existence. Yeah. Um, but part of the conundrum, if you like, that God is in is how to invite them more and more deeply into himself mm. while respecting their freedom. Mm. And uh, and not because God's looking for sons and daughters. He's, he's not looking for slaves. Yeah. And, uh, that's so true. Yeah. And, uh, and but, you know, and that's because the time goes by so fast. Um, th- th- but bring it on a positive note mm. that um, in this lifetime it is never too late. Never. Never yep. too late. Mm. Absolutely. Mm. And so, listeners, you know, there's no concern to me, you know, uh, what you've been up to in your life and what mistakes you've made and whatever. You, you talk about those with God, that's fine. There is nothing going on in your life in the moment, at the moment, or nothing in your past that is preventing you from saying yes to God. And, uh, and last week, you know, we talked about how to begin to respond to that. Just go and sit with God, even just for a few minutes. Talk with him about what's on your heart. Mm. Ask God to lead you forward. God will never reject that prayer. Amen, Shane. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> All right then, Mel. Look, um, thanks very much again this week. I, uh, you know, that's that's been beautiful. You know, we've talked about a number of things with regard to to God as the burglar, mm. and uh, and we understand. You know, that's a that's a complex image, but it's it's got us to think about one or two things: how God works with us and and what it is that God has to offer. So, uh, so listeners, I, I, I pray, pray blessing on you this week. Um, if you want to get in touch with any questions and what have you, you know, you have our email address. It's, uh, it's formation at bne.catholic.net.au. Uh, and we'd be very happy to hear from you, either with your questions or your thoughts, or even if you disagree with something that's been said. That's all right. That we're happy to hear that too, because we can work that through. But anyway, we'll talk to you again next week. God bless. <laughs>